0: Hello, Janet.
1: Hi, Ernie.
0: How are you? Doing good. Nice to be back online this week. It was kind of a weird little hole in the podcast schedule since we didn't talk online last week, but we covered a lot of the territory during the call on Tuesday, which was good.
1: That's good, yes. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: so how's uh, it going? What did you think about that? Yeah, so I thought I, you know, I really appreciated your willingness to. I mean, it, it was a challenging topic to bring up, and I appreciate that it was awkward for you and awkward in general. Actually, I'm kind of glad that we actually weren't broadcasting live because it edited out a lot of the uh, identifying details. Uh, which were important yeah. for you to share with us, but I'm just as happy to not have those on the public record. And I think that the episode um, captures the heart of what we talked about without necessarily giving away any of the details. Um,
2: that's good because that that's always the challenging part, um, and that's the most unpleasant part because I, you know, I I have a lot of hesitancies about talking with the details that how how does anyone know what I'm talking about <laughs> unless I you know you know Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah most that. yeah and even there hopefully the people involved wouldn't even necessarily recognize it based from the snippets that came in there. Um but regardless, uh the thing that uh to go to the punchline the thing that really struck me the most was with Robbie's practice how uh you shared that the thing that you felt uh uh, was invisible, and that that triggered memories uh, or resonated with your earlier uh, senses of sensations you had growing up. And I thought that was just such a profoundly insightful and vulnerable uh, statement to make, uh, because you know we can look at the circumstances and we can project our own feelings onto them. Uh, you know, and certainly it was a traumatic experience that you shared, and it's no wonder that you would have difficulty with it. But the fact that you experienced that as invisibility is really, I think because of your background, because, you know, I would have felt very angry and frustrated, but for very different reasons. Uh, You would have felt it when, when you were leaving? Well, if I had an experience like that, I would feel frustration and anger, but for different reasons. And, you know, because being invisible is not a particularly, um, is not part of my background. Indian culture, if anything, is, is overly attentive to to children, um, uh, especially Indian mothers. The And so what I thought was interesting was that the the reason or the framework in which you interpreted the trauma, uh, you know, uh, tied into your previous woundings and traumas. And uh, like, for example, if I had been in that situation, I think I would have felt um, um um uh certainly a lot of embarrassment on behalf of the in terms of so the lot of emotions. would have felt but I think the thing that would have lingered with me was um just my inability to make the other person see my point of view and that frustration oh, yes, and almost a sense you. of self shame about not being able to explain myself to them. So it'd be much more about yes. my not being able to impose my reality on them, uh, versus I think the sense of invisibility that you felt.
2: Yeah. Well, it's been an increasing revelation about that too, because because um I realized that that um what I, that I wanted to kind of debrief this with somebody and I haven't had a chance yet, so it looks like it's you. <laughs> um, <Yeah.
1: laughs>
2: um, but as I uh, after I got off of the, you know, the 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 um, Zoom meeting, I still was feeling not totally, I guess, satisfied or something. You know, like something's uh-huh. still hanging over, which isn't uncommon for these sorts of things, especially because it was super super much harder to do it without um, those being present that I had the biggest problem with. And so, anyway, all of that is, you know, thinking about the invisibility. And I think that um, that Robbie's exercise was very positive because it did bring us to a point and me to a point to think something that I wasn't yet really aware of or dealing with yet. Um, oh. and so because I, it only hit me after the meeting things usually do hit me sort of a little bit delayed sometimes but but it was that I was trying to think what do I really want from, from, from you guys in all of this because I know the one thing I don't want is to rag on anybody without them being there uh-huh. um, but what did I really want what could the group do for me and here's the thing Um, when I suffered a lot of abuse in my family, um, all the time the abusing was going on, my, my mom was actually a very sweet person, but she was probably responsible for more destruction than my father because my mom used to handle all of that abuse as teaching me to lie. And teaching oh. me to hide, so i would uh, always find myself you know ever since like age five in some kind of double bind, and it wasn't until I was nearly in my thirties I recognized that what this was um finally oh. but it, it's the kind of situation where um I remember I was going here's one circumstance this is when I was older, you know, like an adult but but come back and visit the family every so often. But I came back one time and, and I said, and I just said to my mom while we were shopping together, oh, I'm going to go on this really nice workshop. And this the, it's a Christian workshop and it's going to be, um, I'm going to be learning about some, you know, family relationships or something like that. And then immediately she jumped in and she said, don't tell your father for crying out loud. And I thought, I should want to tell my father. It hadn't even occurred to me to, to talk to talk to him about any of this. Uh-huh. So I went to the workshop and then a few weeks later I was visiting and she sat me down in, in, in the uh living room and my father was sitting on the chair in there and she said, Tell me how that workshop went. And immediately I started stuttering. And I started making up a bunch of crap that wasn't true. And then afterwards, uh, and uh, and afterwards I went to her and I said, why do you always do this to me? Because I wasn't ready to talk about anything that personal with dad anyway. He just shot it down. Why did you do that in front of him? And she said, well, I wanted him to know that you were somewhere you know going doing a workshop. You did exactly what I wanted you to do and what I expected you to do, um which was smooth it over and so um because the workshop had been about lying, <laughs> she didn't know what she had bargained for because at that point i told, I took her and I said, "Mom, I learned something on the you know then I'm supposed to fix this." thing i learned is that whatever you know about what's going on in my life i cannot exclude my father no matter what the consequences and our relationship has been around lying and so i'm never going to do that again and now that he's done this to me i have to go in there and i have to actually explain to him this whole circumstance and i have to tell him what this workshop was about And I'm not looking forward to doing that because it's going to be really, really painful. I marched back in there, and I talked to Dad, and I had probably one of the best talks I ever had with him.
1: Mm. And I stopped
2: lying to him. So I was remembering that circumstance, and I was thinking, this is what happens to me when I'm in a, a situation that's uncomfortable for me or traumatic. I smooth it over. I minimize my pain by not either not addressing it or losing myself or something. Oh. And that's what was happening to me, and that's oh. what bothered me so much two weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Wow. There is so much there. First of all, let me just pray okay god i just thank you that you are a good father you are a good good father and i just confess that i and we we don't really understand that because we are shaped by our earthly fathers our biological fathers our spiritual fathers our emotional fathers and we subconsciously assume that you are like them and we um Even below our conscious level, we just avoid thinking and acting in ways that we think you'll disapprove of or that will get us punished. And Lord, I just want to declare that you are good. You are better than I think you are, and that you are good all the time. And Lord, I thank you for this incredibly difficult and and fraught situation that Janet has found herself in, because you are using this to heal and redeem and restore her and bring her to deeper levels of joy and connection and hope and belonging and visibility. And I thank you so much for her courage in bringing up this issue on Tuesday so that we could just affirm her as a group and come to you together. And I just am convinced that you are going to reap uh, powerful blessings and a harvest of righteousness, both in her life and in our group, uh, because of her sacrifice and her vulnerability in bringing this up. Although I don't know how everything's going to play out, Uh, people still have choices to make, but I just know that you are happy when your children come together in their brokenness and their need and that you do not um, let that go to waste, Uh, that great spiritual power is released on earth when your people humble themselves and pray and seek your face and cry out to be set free from their wicked ways. And so I just rejoice And I just uh, thank you in advance and praise you in advance uh, for the harvest of righteousness that you are bringing forth through this situation. And I look forward to unexpected blessings. And I pray that you would strengthen Janet's heart uh, because it is so much energy and so much strain and so much psychic pain to push against. And I pray that she would just feel the depths of your love and you rejoicing over her as she perseveres in, in trying to seek your face. I just bind all of this in the blood and the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ernie. And thank you so much for all of your understanding and uh, the wisdom that you have. It's just really powerful for me. And it's very helpful. I'm glad. I am in awe. I
0: mean, I was thinking about last week when I was like sort of surprised that you were willing to press into this. And then I remember what you had gone through with your own father, uh, you know, over those years and the suffering that you embraced for, you know, out of love for God and and how that paid off for you. And uh, I just realized that uh, I, I feel unworthy to follow in your footsteps because of all that you've gone through.
1: So I'm glad I can help here and there. <laughs>
2: Well, that's a safe thing to say, but uh, it—it's it, all him, you know. It's all the Lord. I mean, this is the—if—if if, if I can say anything, it's—it's it's that I only love Him more and more and more as I walk through this process. Hmm. And so, well, I was just thinking about what is my do next because my do was rather confused for me anyway. Um. You know but, but my and my do next was, um, you know that I brought it up with the group, uh-huh. but it's still rather unfinished for me that I don't I don't know if it would help the group if I shared with them why I felt invisible a little bit a little bit more carefully, yeah,
0: so I mean, that's like we, we kind of promised Ted to let him pitch his idea for um, his idea of, you know, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous plus Rotary. So I think Uh that in terms of the main Tuesday Zoom call, it makes sense to, uh, you know, let Ted have the stage on Tuesday, as much as, you know, I'm interested in delving into this further. Uh, We'll see, there might be some intersection. It'll come up again. Yeah, it'll come up up again,
2: you know, no doubt.
0: Yeah, um, I think
2: that... I'm with you. I'm sorry, I'm talking (laughs) at the same time. Okay. But I'm yeah. with you. I, I'd like to get tips on that. <laughs> that would be great.
0: Yeah, but I think that um, – um, so I would suggest just two things, actually. One is – and if you're not there yet, uh, that's fine. But the way I look at it is, independent of what happens with everyone else, I think God has used this circumstance to bring up some interesting areas of woundedness and pain that. Are still um buttons that can be pushed, yeah, and so I think spending a little more time just um uh seeking healing in those areas uh would be a good first step, and then you know I'm trying to avoid any specific references, but I think that um you know maybe after this recorded call or at some other time it's worth thinking through, um, well, so let me kind of lay out what I'm thinking in my head and let me kind of figure out how it plays out, if it makes sense to you. One is that you, you, uh, one of the reasons this was so traumatic, you know, it was certainly a difficult situation no matter how it goes, but I think the trauma ties into the sense of feeling invisible, a feeling like uh, your feelings don't matter, feeling like other people who really should take responsibility or not taking responsibility and feeling doubly traumatized by that. And, um, you know, just letting Jesus minister to those areas first. And with the goal of getting to the place where, and again, I don't know how long or hard is it is to get there, if that's even feasible in this time frame, but to the place where, uh, let me just rephrase it this way. When I feel these circumstances, what I, when I can do it, what works best is if I can understand why it's painful and traumatic for me and get healing for that to the point where I can let go of that pain, let go of the blackness, as I shared on Tuesday. And then uh, only after I've gotten to that point am I able to have compassion for those who wounded me in those areas. And only after I'm at their point am I able to kind of um, see how they are acting out of their own woundedness and brokenness and desire to bring them grace, and then even much later after that, actually see how to bring them grace in a way that will actually bless them and benefit them. Um, And so there's this kind of long, convoluted process I end up having to go through to go from facing my own pain and woundedness and having enough healing there that I can extend grace, often that very same grace that I need, uh, to them, and then figure out how to reengage in a way that I can actually hear them and see what uh and speak what I am what I've experienced in a way that they are able to hear. Does that make sense?
2: Oh, it makes perfect sense. That's absolutely the, the, the process. Um that that's I'm already like nine tenths of the way to the point where I would be certainly open to experiencing um being in i'm sorry i said somebody's name um <laughs> okay. uh in in our group i mean i i i feel a tremendous amount of compassion about that uh-huh. um uh and then and then also anything that that that, that comes i mean um uh you know, working with what am i trying to say all of that it helps me to have dual perspective. Oh, which means, yeah, that, you know, that I can set aside myself in a healthy way instead of in an unhealthy way. Um,
1: yeah.
2: And so that's already, I think, been been happening for me, except every so often, I confess, I will um, indulge in a thought of, like, I just want to. I just want to slap someone silly and it's not her, <laughs> <laughs> it's not her.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, no, for yeah, whatever I, that's I, I, worth. Yeah. So, so, but like I said, you know, like I said on the call, like it's good to listen to those parts of yourself. Uh-huh. Like one of the more traumatic or one of the more uh, shocking realizations I had is I was doing one of these, um, um, Let's call it self-listening kinds of exercises where you're trying to understand where your pain and your fear is. And, you know, I thought that the part of me uh, that was angry was angry at the thing that the other person had done. Uh, they call it parts in some of the, the practices that I follow. And so I was trying to understand this part of me that was really kind of hurt and angry and acting out. And I said, oh yeah, that person has really been insensitive and callous towards you. And this part said, no, it's not them. It's you. And I myself have been callous and insensitive to that part of myself, and that was actually almost the deeper level of frustration than how the other people treated me. And so,
2: well, it is, and you know that's in scripture. That's in one of the. I'll have to look up where it is, but it there's there's a psycho, psychological statement in there that says that says uh, you're angry at somebody that you know, and it's about taking the log on, out of your own eye. Gen- generally, you get generally we are the most upset with people who are doing the same things that we do, that we have in our own lives.
0: Yeah. But in specific cases, I think the, so one uh, way to counteract that is Mm -hmm. to um, practice being generous with yourself in that, like when there's part of yourself that wants to act out revenge fantasies and slap people around or you know, make them see your point of view is rather than suppressing that out of the need to be perfect, as you said, but just uh-huh. making space to let, you know, say, you know, hey, what are you really angry about? What do you want to do? And just really own that part of yourself. And in some ways, that's actually also good practice. Uh, uh-huh. Dealing with that angry part of yourself makes it a lot easier for yeah. you to deal with other people when they're in that angry mood.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm with you on that, and I think that we're doing. I I see us attempting to do a pretty good job with all of this now, um, and I'm really grateful. Yeah. In fact, actually, do you want to try it now? Yeah. Well, try it. Try it and do. You go ahead and lead it because I'm not
0: sure what what we're sure, doing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Let's start. So let's start. You mentioned that that there are moments when there when part of you wants to just slap someone. <laughs> yes, someone in particular. <laughs> okay, yes. yeah, but let's 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 give this uh let's give this part of yourself a name. Let's call her or him Slappy.
1: Okay.
0: And Slappy is the part of you that really wants to slap this person that that uh you know you had this altercation with uh a while ago. Uh huh. Uh and so just uh try to uh picture Slappy. Uh, like where are they in your head or what do they look like? Do you get any pictures or location? I've got a picture
2: of myself. Um, I've got mm-hmm. a picture of me standing up straight and tall and just like immediate without necessarily thinking too much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and can I slap yet?
1: <laughs> sure why not <laughs> so
2: this so so this this uh, but that but this feeling it's just like uh, I just like I'm on a movie or something when somebody insults somebody and they just turn mm-hmm. and automatically hit them um, mm. it's like that and uh,
0: and 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 it feels really good mm-hmm what do they think what um so let me try and talk to slappy if i if i may so so slappy okay. why did you why did you slap that person
2: oh okay, why did I slap this person well, I have to think about when when did I really want to slap yeah um, why did I slap this person? I um that person smirked at me
0: and Ooh. threw
2: my concern back in my face.
0: Ooh. Wow. That would be really infuriating. And does this person, this abstract person that you just slapped, do they do that a lot? Yes mm they
2: they do it frequently, and not wow. just to me, I watch it happen to others.
1: Wow
0: you know how long this has been going on in this person probably
2: that? most probably very long term mm,
0: as long as you've known it, them. It,
2: Yes, and probably longer.
0: Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like other people do that to you as well? No. Okay, just this one. Yeah. That smirk and dismiss, That's that really is went deep. Okay, and threw your concern back in your face. So how did you feel when they threw that concern back in your face? Shocked hmm uh-huh. That's the first thing, it's just,
2: just sort of you know huh. like it. And the, it's like a wow, wow. And and then I and then it's like a wait a minute, you know this about this person. Um, and then it's a however I don't know if I wanna still be a friend. Oh. It's a withdrawal kind of a thing, but it's an angry
0: withdrawal. Yeah. Okay, so there's a there's an emotion of anger, um, and what? And maybe we can't get there, but let's try. What else are you feeling beneath the anger? I'm
2: starting to feel invisible. That's what Mm. I always feel invisible. Ooh. but but it's a kind of, it, it's like it's um it's sort of a thing like I've been completely disregarded, and guess what you're not important. that's partly what that sort of a thing does for a person is um if anybody who's minimized is is um is is uh, walked over mm-hmm. in the experience that they have Ooh. uh uh however with I noticed that I feel like um then I start to feel a shame for my own self because I didn't strongly, you know, fight back enough.
1: Mm. Well, and that's that's usually why slapping self felt good. Feeling.
2: Yeah. Cause it, it, it took care of that shame that I feel mm. for not uh, not fighting back enough in the moment. And just sort of being shocked and then wondering, you know, like, what to do next. And then the next comment comes.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's interesting in, in that things, the,
0: yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's just fascinating that there's, like, the relational pain of this person disregarding you. But then that creates this sort of internal shame of I'm not uh, – of you not regarding yourself. Yeah, that's right.
2: It seems to
0: be the path that I'm seeing yeah. emerge from this. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me try this. Um, shifting gears a little bit. Uh, it's a slightly different practice, but I'm hoping it'll intersect. Um, okay. Can you think of a place where you've met with God? In a special way?
1: Um, a
2: place where I met with God in a special way, like a physical place?
0: Yeah. It could even be a specific time.
2: Like, uh, it, this can be from a long time ago, maybe. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, a physical place. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, ima- I'm imagining... This tree I used to sit sit under at summer camp. Ooh, okay. Was this like a
0: church camp or? Yeah, I so... used to get to go to church camps. It was great. Yeah. Okay, so let's picture uh, Slappy sitting on that tree. And let's play this one, this one where Slappy has just felt really ignored and is experiencing all this. And let's just picture Jesus sitting on that tree with Slappy. And what would Slappy want to say to Jesus?
1: Well, um, I don't know. I mean,
2: it it almost seems more like I have a different image coming in my mind altogether right now. Okay, go with that. uh, Which is... When I used to really feel invisible was when I used to see my father beating up on my brother. And I wasn't allowed to say or do anything because I knew it would really upset my mom and it would make my dad worse. And uh, and I felt really um, ashamed of not going, coming to my brother's defense for many years. So what Jesus is saying to to that that slappy because because I've, I you know I could even have dreams of just <laughs> I could I could even have dreams of just you know standing up and being the savior of my family and saying oh. don't you realize this is nuts mm-hmm. does anyone else see this. Mhm, uh-huh. you know wishing that I could say something not slappy, but maybe I would get slappy pretty quickly um you know yeah. had i had I jumped in and done that and um you know, but as a as a eight nine ten year old you know clear up to like fourteen or fifteen
0: um yeah. no, this is the know' oh. Tur- truth speaker, the one who stands up for for what is right, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, so so interesting for my family. If you ever met my brother, he's like the opposite of me. He's just happy-go-lucky, gregarious, hmm. but he's not responsible. Mm. And so he deals with all of that in a in a completely in a completely different way. Um, yeah. He's been lucky enough to be kind of a golden boy, and a lot of people like to give him money. Um, and he's, he's able to make it financially and he was able to retire at like the age of 40. Wow. Um, but I, but that's never been actually that good for him, I don't mm-hmm. think, or, or his kids, because his kids mm. aren't doing that well right now,
1: mm. you know,
2: um, but, but I can see the differences between, you know. What happened in my family, but I that but it's, I think it's a really good thing to go back to that log that you're talking about, where I used to sit at church camp or think mm. about what Jesus might say to me. So maybe what he might say to me, okay, is well. I was first asking what you would say to him,
0: because I was actually curious oh, about
2: what I would say to him. Oh, I would say to him.
1: Just, just make me, make me able to, to love people,
2: um, and then make make me able to, um, have valuable things to to share with people, that can that can help other people.
0: And that's what you'd say now, or or what. The, the, the slappy or the, the, the little girl who wanted to speak up for her, what do you think she would ask Jesus?
2: That's what I used to say to him all the time when oh, really? I was
0: 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I felt trouble How about I when you were like seven or whatever? Before, um, Interesting, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I'd
2: put it that way. At seven years old, I think I a Christian
0: around the age of there, nine. There, but. There, let, 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 let's see if we can go to. Let me just try and get one more time. This may not work. But yeah. go back to Slappy, the person who's just you've just had someone smirk and turn away, and you have this incredible yeah. desire to slap somebody, and Jesus uh-huh. shows up. What would you? what would, yeah. what would that Slappy say to Jesus?
2: What would Slappy say to Jesus right about the time someone smirks, turns like, slapper
0: like Slappy's getting ready to slap somebody, and Jesus steps in front of them to block the slap. What would Slappy yeah. say? Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to knock him dead. <laughs> and what if Jesus didn't step out of the way? He just stood there smiling. What would Slappy do?
2: Or I wonder if I might try slapping him. I'm saying somebody's got a slap coming here. Let me be let let, let let me uh let me try it on you, Jesus.
0: All right. Okay, so then you slap Jesus.
2: Uh-huh.
0: What do you think Jesus does?
2: Well, he just takes it. And then <laughs> I mean I don't know. I mean I kind of feel like I could be comfortable enough to, with him to do that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but I think he just takes it. I'm not sure what he would do. if yeah, somebody just sits there and just keeps smiling. What would Slappy do then?
2: I'd probably hit him until I got too tired to hit him anymore.
1: And, you know, hope, hope it all came out of me.
0: I think that's good. We talk a lot about Jesus dying for the sins of the world and Jesus dying for our sins. But for me, the yeah, hardest part died, has always it. been...
1: Oh,
0: yes, yeah, For me, Are the you? hardest part has always been really believing that he died for all the sins done against me.
2: You know, it's hard to believe that, isn't it? It's, I think, you can understand it cognitively, but to actually really, really receive that love, it takes a lot of practice. Did I say that again?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I had a moment once when I was just really angry at God, and I said, you know, You just sit up there and you see all this coming and I just wish once that we could just just yank you down out of heaven and show you what it feels like to be abused and ignored and unjustly persecuted and you know, I just wanna sometimes I just wanna like rip you down and just whip you and like string you up on a tree. And then I realize he did and I did. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I have to actually come back there and remember and say okay. That I'm not sure if I'm there yet right now, but at least I get to the point where I say, "Yeah, that was enough."
2: Yeah, there's something going on. I think in in, in um, hanging on to that healing for you, Ernie, that's my prayer.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, too. It, it. I. I. I think there are similarities in in what in what we're dealing with here.
0: Yeah, I think we all have to get there one way or the other you know it's it's one thing to think about jesus dying for my sins and but it's another thing to actually experience it and to really come face to face with the ugliness inside of us and the ugliness outside of us that that put it there right and you've had more than your share and you know the 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 shame and the fear that was driven into all the nooks and crannies of your soul, as all of us have at different levels.
2: Yeah, and how, well, how it comes up sometimes. I mean, it just sometimes it just re itself in real life. It just takes on different circumstances. Um, but but back to uh, but for me, um, there's something else that happens for me, is. Is when I can realize the lie that I am mm-hmm. acting upon or believing, then I can put it below the knees, mm. and I can eradicate that thing. Mm. And I, it and 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 uh, it usually for me involves me having to say something to somebody in the circumstances, like, "Wow, mm-hmm. the relate the way I related to you was in a lie." Or mm-hmm. the lie was that that I um, you know that I that I believed shame at this point or or that I that I hid and I used one of my self defense kind of a... anyway it it does it, it starts to eradicate that that stuff
1: mm-hmm.
2: so um, mm. you
0: know I Did see that lies what, what? you had yeah so I guess just to close the loop on on that uh, scene so after you have after Slappy has like vented all their rage and frustration uh, on Jesus. um, What do you think Jesus would say to Slappy?
1: Um,
2: Probably something like he used to say to different people in the, in the new Testament, he'd say either go and sin no more, but I don't think he'd be saying that to me. I think he would be saying, "Just go and have peace. Go in peace, and um, and you're free to love." You, know, you,
0: you know what I think he would say? What? Thank you. Come. Oh. And follow me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's I. And, and I would be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm really happy to thank to get a thank you and and and, and follow. I love that. Yeah. I mean it's about oh. this whole thing of repentance actually leads to I'm I'm listening to this series of really, really good talks right now, but it had to do with repentance and then and the next thing is that that you're thankful. It <laughs> You know, once once Jesus has received and restored you to me, because he has restored me, um, then I'm thankful and he's saying, follow me. You're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I think that, you know, the thing that I have become convinced of on this journey is that Jesus just wants the real us and that he'd rather have the real us than the perfect us. Oh, absolutely. The
1: the perfect us is just a
0: Yeah, Yeah. And the, uh, which is why I think he's grateful when we sort of let it all out on him. Uh, Man, he's probably Mm -hmm. glad that we don't. Also, happily, we don't let it all out on other people who can't necessarily take it. And <laughs> we, no, because it just doesn't uh, you know, do
1: the, what it's supposed to do. You know, yeah, yeah, and
0: that, but you know, the 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 nice thing now is that you know back then you know he had a finite amount of time, and it was always you know go and say no more or whatever. But now it's 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 no more a go; it's a come. Yeah. And, you know, that's what he wants. And I think that the this is why I was so excited about uh, Tuesday. Uh, you know, David had a different perspective uh, on our podcast. He shares it. But is that I just felt like and David Huffman was talking about this as well, that um, people were just real about what issues they were struggling with. And he was saying, you know, a lot of yeah. people you have a prayer meeting, people have prayers and they share, like, you know, Uncle Uncle Bob's big toe. Or, you know, this, and but not like, these are the deep emotional scars that are keeping me from having successful relationships. <laughs> and, huh, you know, yeah, know. You, when you raised the issue, and then Robbie, I think, modeled it really well, um, and everyone really did. is like, these are real issues that we're struggling with. And Jesus is just so, I, I realized this once, there's one thing that we have that Jesus does not have, and that is our sin. And he wants it badly. That's
1: the only thing he wants. <laughs> you
0: know, it's hard to yeah. believe, yeah. Uh, but he does. And he is so desperate for us to bring him our sin so he can heal us. And because that's how he reveals his glory, is by yeah. his holiness pouring into our weaknesses. And like we have, um, you know, we, we, we. We we tie ourselves in knots trying to avoid bringing to him the very things he wants the most. <laughs> and I feel like Tuesday we started loosening those knots. And not like yes. everything is perfect, but I think we 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 set a we we put a benchmark. And like that was one of my favorite episodes and one I want to share with people. Like this is this is the thing, like I tell Dave, this is the half-remembered dream that I've been pursuing. You know, all these months, is people just coming together and saying, you know, hey here's where I'm broken. Um, Jesus, what do you got? You know, and.
2: What's interesting though, Ernie, though, is, and I rejoice in that, but what's interesting is that it does take a period of time um, for that, for that to, for that to start to gel. Mm. Um. So, Yes, that is what we're what we want to see. Um, it takes it takes time to get there, and we went through a lot of phases to get there. Um, and and so we we went through that trial and error process was very very important. I never saw that it was ever like a futile episode. It was just that it was just that in different ways we were. Struggling to get our needs on the table, struggling to be seen, struggling maybe not to be seen sometimes, and a process of um, confrontation and all of the things that that um, you know it, it involves communication. But there's so much more when we believers are really getting together and loving Jesus in it, as He is completely in the center because we're willing to be seeing vulnerability as strength and not as weakness.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, like, I don't think we could have done this earlier on. Uh, there were, you know, I, I feel like we're right on time. Right. We're right on schedule. Yeah. Everything that happened was yeah. supposed to happen and to get us here. Yeah. Uh, I'm not at all frustrated or discouraged. I'm just grateful. Yeah. That you yeah, know Yeah. I'm grateful we're getting to too. Yeah. That That you know, even just the fact that like I feel like we finally are getting a couple of episodes that I can show people and say, "Yeah, this is what we're about, because a lot of times it's hard to see, and you know th- there is a lot of space that had to be traversed to get here, and some things which aren't obvious, and some people probably it's not even obvious looking at this, but at least I know some people who could see this and see, ah yeah uh that's that's cool, I want more of that, and I'm hoping that we will you know before we finish season seven that we will actually have uh, something tangible that we can share with the wider world. So we will see. But anyway, I'm grateful for the journey we've been on. I'm grateful for your part in this and I'm excited to see what happens next.
2: Yeah. And I'm grateful for your encouragement and, and, uh, and, wise feedback. I'm really appreciative of it. And, and, um, so, so as we progress, what, what, what we're hoping for, I think, this is what I'm hearing you saying, that we have a series of episodes that we have kind of taped, but we're hoping that we can be a role model for the kind of sharing that that, uh, that, that we want, I mean, that we hope the church can owe into, as well as... What the Bible study looks like, and or, or how, or if it's a Bible study, what, what the group looks like, and how you develop that kind of community, how, uh, keeping Jesus in the center. So it's a model. It's a model that we're kind of working out.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't and even yeah. want
2: to lock it in, though. Yeah, okay. yeah
0: the uh, the way that I describe it is, it's um, it's uh, it's a community. Um, mm-hmm. And I see this as, as maybe a fountainhead and maybe it'll join with other streams of a community that, that normalizes a different way of being discipled by Jesus, I guess is probably the way I would uh, characterize it now, you know, word and spirit, okay. body and blood, and that there's okay. sort of a, a, a library of practices. That's why I really loved how Robbie Re- 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 introduced a new practice and discipled by scripture, yeah. the DBS, that's a practice. Uh, the critical community protocol we're using next week. That's a practice. And it's like, okay, these are a bunch of practices. They're not perfect. We don't implement them perfectly, but, you know, we use them and they help us do certain things. And then we just, you know, build up that library. And then we have, you know, uh, hopefully a network, a mesh, something that comes out of this where people just grab those product practices, iterate on them, create new ones and feed them back into the pot and we just keep getting better at this. Like, I'm really hoping yeah. this is like, I don't consider these best practices, I consider them the least worst practice. <laughs> and I'm really hoping that you know <laughs> people can learn from our uh-huh. example and do this way better, you know, and more efficiently and uh, more effectively down the road. But, you know, the reason I'm doing this now is because I've not had any great role models <laughs> for how to do this. And so uh, this is at least something to to build upon.
2: Yeah, that's actually the, the the greatest power of it um, is um, uh, is, is that we don't really know that much about what we're doing. I think I think that's a good part of it. <laughs> so it yeah. can be we we have we have a heads up on how to have it genuine you know in in water sex, but we will be getting better and better and better as as we go. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Ah, thank you so much, Janet. Anything else?
2: I just really pray for you and all your con- your, your conversations that you'll be having, um, that you'll get a lot of a uh, fruitful study and learning out of them, and also that, that you'll continue to be the support that you are um, to each of
0: us. And
2: I appreciate thank that, you. Ernie. I appreciate you.
0: Uh, I, I am honored to to be sharing this this phone call and this this table together with you and with everyone, especially. But I feel like you, uh, with the possible exception of of David Johnson, I feel like you've uh, you, you know we've all paid prices, and I think all of us, if we heard each other's stories, would be horrified and and saddened in different ways. But I feel like you uh, you earned your seat the hard way. Uh, you know, different mm-hmm. people have different roads to get to, to the kingdom of God, and I feel like you've uh, you paid your dues, and uh, no one can take that away from you, and all those tears and blood that you've shed are uh, pearls and rubies in the crown that Jesus has prepared for you, and I'm mm-hmm. really honored mm-hmm. to be able to walk this journey with you. Well,
2: thank you. That really means everything to me, Ernie. Thank you so much.
1: Yep. All right. That's real encouragement. Okay. Okay. God bless. All right. Bye-bye.